I'm a firm believer in it ain't over till it's over. I'm also as firm a believer as in trying to make sure I know when it's over. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I, like everybody in South Carolina, I drank the Haley Kool-Aid. I believe she was a conservative. She wasn't a conservative. She was a pair of heels full of opportunity. She was looking for opportunity, right? And that's okay because that's why a lot of politicians get into it. Some of them just don't wear it as so prominently on their uh, frocked sleeve as she does. Now, she's gotten out there. She's come in uh, third place in one primary and last in the other. When you're in a two-man race, she's, uh, she's, if you don't win, you're, you're coming in last. So she's not winning. But she insists she's going to stay in the Republican primary race, which, by the way, I believe should be allowed to go all the way, right? But we'll get to that in a minute. So, and I think right now she's polling 30 points behind him here in her home state. And in the last uh, day or so, two of her billionaire donors have decided to bail on the Haley campaign. And it's tough to choose, which is more surprising. Now, one guy, his name is uh, Andy Saban. He owns a metal company, and uh, he was on Cavuto's show, and he said, uh, it's time to, time to fold him. He was referencing uh, the gambler. Time for her to walk, to walk away. Now, Cavuto argued that Haley's still only a handful of delegates behind Trump, and she can still score big wins later in the process. Uh, to be honest with you, I could go in there and do that. And you could go in there and do that. Yes, there's a chance we could all get in there and do that. But it's not really likely. And in, in the case of Haley, it's very unlikely. There is no evidence that she's going to do it. She was out there trying to make, you know, she was out there telling everybody she was going to win New Hampshire. She was sure of it. She was sure she had gotten enough uh, independents and Democrats to cross over. She looked at it. She said, well, Biden's not even on the, on the ballot, so I can siphon them into me and get me some artificial momentum. And that's what she was looking for, was some artificial momentum. If she could have won one primary, she could have sat back and said, well, I won one of the primaries. But she can't because she's not going to. Trump became the first Republican to win both Iowa and New Hampshire as a non-incumbent president. And he won majorities in both states. And here in South Carolina, he's not just leading, he's dominating. In national polling, his RCP average lead over Haley is 66.4 to 11.3, even if she consolidates the rest of the field. She, uh, Trump would beat her in the very worst-case scenario, 2-1. to one. Double. Only Reuters has him below 50%, and he was still 37, uh, 37 points ahead of Haley in that survey. Could that all change? Well... There would be some, you know, when you look at Trump, you just have to ask yourself, what could possibly come out now that hasn't already come out? And that's just the fact of the matter. There's a lot of people like, well, he's going to be, he'll be running the, he'll be running the country from cell block 11. Does anybody think that if he's found guilty in any place, he's not going to appeal that? And all of this stuff doesn't end up in front of the Supreme Court where they're going to get out there and say, why is this okay for Joe Biden to have these documents and it's not okay for this president to have these documents? Or they're going to say, everybody in New York develops real estate this way. Or they're going to say, 
why is it that, uh, you know, she she had to get funded to bring this lawsuit against him? Why did she have to get funded from a big mega donor from the Democratic side? All these things that come out, all these things that come out, that doesn't necessarily mean he's going away. Now, a lot of people looked real hard at the Haley and the DeSantis campaigns. And, you know, the question becomes whether the Republican voters wanted Trump or would change their minds at the point of actually making a decision. And you saw what happened in Iowa and New Hampshire. And since the polls aren't changing, Mr. Saban, he can read the writing on the wall. And he wanted to push the GOP into choosing new leadership, but he realizes it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. So um, he's not alone. But we'll come back to Saban in a minute. She, she lost uh, Reed Hoffman, the uh, co-founder of LinkedIn, the Democrat. He had, he had, uh, he had cut her a check for $250,000. That's a lot of advertising. That's a lot of text messages. I keep getting text text messages from somebody named Travis. And uh the problem is I only I only know one Travis and I'm not real fond of him. And whoever this Travis is, he's out there saying, "Come and meet Nikki Haley, blah blah blah." You know, Nikki Haley even when she was running for pres or running for president, when she was running for governor, she didn't want to get on on radio with people. I was right in her face when she was running for governor in Columbia, South Carolina. I said, ma'am, I would love to have you on my radio show. It was go- I, I didn't even have softballs for her. I was going to tee them up because I was so enamored of her, but she wouldn't come on there. I wasn't as big as WORD is. You know, I know, I know, I know Tara's reached out to her. I'm sure Charlie has to. She, she won't come on here. Uh, Reed Hoffman is the one that found or funded the E. John Carroll lawsuit against Trump. He spent $100 million in 2020 to beat Trump. And not necessarily in the ways that made Democrat moderates, uh, you know, happy. So he's decided to quit writing checks to Nikki Haley. Huffman said in December that while he was a supporter of President Joe Biden, he believed that Haley had the best chance of beating Trump in the Republican primary contest. Now, that leads to another question. Why do we not want Trump in the in the lineup against Joe Biden? If we're, you know, what are we getting told? We're getting told nobody likes either one of these guys. Nobody, nobody likes either one of these guys. So now we're going to have to pick the lesser of the two evils. And yet we're doing, we're throwing everything at Trump, including the sink. Kitchen, bathroom, washroom, all the sinks being thrown at him to try to keep him out of the primary, trying to take him off ballots. And the only ballots that the you know presidents are not getting on are like New Hampshire, where Joe Biden, they didn't file the proper paperwork, and uh, he's not on the ballot. Now we're hearing about, well, you know, there's a possibility that, uh, you know, Michelle Obama's going to come in and everything else. The only way anybody comes in and runs for president as a Democrat is if Joe Biden says, you know what, I've had enough. And if Joe Biden doesn't say that, guess what? None of that stuff happens. So we can sit back and, you know, wring our hands over the possibility of the what ifs. And that's fine. We should consider them. But at the same time, we have got to unify. And that's what's not happening. That's what's not happening now. Now, Hoffman, realizing that Haley's a lost cause, has decided to spend his money on Biden and the Democrats. So he is unifying. He is consolidating. Now, 
Saban's new post-Haley strategy is also instructive. Saban is going to back with his money Donald Trump. And back in 2020, he told the New York Post that he wouldn't give a blanking nickel for his 2024 campaign. But a lot of people have been sitting back sucking up a lot of Joe Biden's policies, and uh, they're not liking what's happening with that. They're not liking that at all. And the voters of the money are lining up now. And when Nikki Haley comes back to South Carolina, because this is, what is this, February 24th when this primary is run, she's going to be alone. The, the only reason I see her staying in the race right now is because she's surrounded by a phalanx of uh, yes men that are out there saying, you know, Nikki, don't pay attention to the polls. You know the polls are all put together. This is all put together because they're all against you because you're female, because you're brown, because you wear heels. Nikki Haley has no code. She has no, her belief system is based on the big state, big government. That's her code. That's her God. Now she's out there saying, I was discriminated against because I was brown. I went to school in the 60s and the 70s in Columbia, South Carolina. And I can tell you, during that time, there wasn't a lot of discrimination going on in the schools, Nick. I don't know when you went to school, but I know when I went to school. And I was bust into a black neighborhood. So thanks for that one, but you can keep that lie yourself. Another Democratic talking point where they lie about things. So thank you. You're a Democrat in heels. I got you. I understand. I get you. I understand. Saw this the other day. I, I find this interesting. The uh, So I, I've said many times that the, uh, the these uh, members of Congress are only as good as their staffs. Guess who's trying to take over what Congress does now? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Okay, okay, okay. Hat tip. You were right about that. Very right about that part. I like that. JS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm going to tell you why it's a really good thing that I'm not in charge. Like if I were the president, for example. During the Trump administration, he had government employees that took it upon themselves to undermine him because they didn't like him or his policies. And see, this is the way this works. When you work for me, you work for me. And you don't have to like what I do. You don't have to agree with what I do. You simply have to do what I say. And if you don't like that, hit the bricks. And if you stay in the way, well, you're going to hit the bricks with your face. Okay? Okay. So he had to put he had an insurrection going on for four years against him, attempting to override his decisions. As the elected leader, you know, you can look at the pictures of all these guys. But in the case of the executive branch, even the mainstream media was bragging about what they were doing. But now the Joe Biden staffers are, you know, they're, they've been protesting because of his Israel policy. And they should be fired, of course, too. You guys don't understand, do you? You don't understand how this works. Let me, I, I will use what's going on here with this show, right? I will use this. As a descriptor, if you will. When it comes to the show, when it's out here in front of you, I am the show. However, 
I'm smart enough to understand there's a few things behind me because this doesn't just happen. This doesn't just happen. First of all, I have Maestro pulling the, he's pushing the buttons and sliding the sliders and everything else. If he doesn't do it right, it doesn't matter how good I am. Then I have the support of a sales staff. I have the support of management. And I have the support of everybody out there that does all the things in the background that makes the station run and makes it what it is. I could be the greatest guy on the planet when it comes to this. But if I don't have the platform that's built, it was built before I got here. You know, this is the house that Russ built and that Bobby Mack built and Ralph Driscoll. You know, all those guys uh, that came before me, they're the ones that prepared the way, but it was put together by a group of people. So I need them to be with me, but they all work in concert with what I do. And that's the big difference between government and straight talk, I guess, with Bill Freddie. But uh, <laughs> I'm being asked on the text line, how do we get the primaries closed in South Carolina? Well, you get on the phone and you start calling every legislator you know, especially the ones that you vote for, and you start pushing them, and you do it every day, and you do it every day, and you do it every day until they do it. Like yesterday, I sent a text to a senator that I know, and I said, are we going to get permitless carry or not? And he said, I have high hopes and I think something may happen next week. I am waiting to see what happens next week. But I push him. I push. If you don't, they're just, they're, they're, you know, idle hands are going to play in a way you don't want them to. Right now, you've got congressional staff that are, we get this from X, increasingly challenging their own bosses in a bid to shift the balance of power in Capitol Hill, representing a sea change in the relationship between lawmakers and the legions of workers who ensure the House and Senate function. These people all come from the same graduating class as that dimwit who decided that she was going to change the demographic of Bud Light. And that should explain everything I need to explain to you. This is how this begins to change the way that, you know, these kind of things happen. Uh, they're staffers. Nobody elected them. We elected the guy you work for. You support the guy that we elected. You make sure he has everything in his power to be successful, whatever that means in Congress. And that's your job to execute your boss's policy. If you do anything but that, you are undermining representative governance. Some of us are not going to take too kindly to you. I've seen these guys over and over again, year in and year out. They're always young people, right? I've met a few of them. Some of them are, some of them are pretty true blue. But um, the revolt against the legitimately elected leaders coming from the left. See, unfortunately, even on the Republican side, they're looking for some, you know, some hot shot out of college, right? And what are they churning out of college? These, these people coming out of college, you know, they're hiring somebody, right? They're hiring somebody that thinks they're superior to the guy that hired them. <laughs> and they believe that any and all activist tactic, that those are all justified. And they're in a position to run things if they just stay there long enough and rise. See, once you get into politics, once you get into these staffing things, uh, even if your boss becomes unelected, they'll stay there and try to find a job with somebody else. They don't have loyalties. They just have experience and a resume. So now they're trying to band together and cripple the operations of the organization in which they work. We're beginning to see this in major corporations as well. They're becoming, they're, they're becoming terrified of their employees. 
And in many cases, the executives feel helpless because who will they hire? And most of the kids are beginning to get this. Now, one thing I have read is that now most of these would-be hiring people are looking for older, older employees that are going to have higher salary demands than these young, these young, these young heads full of mush because they got more things going on and they're more established and they have more experience. And it's going to turn out to be cheaper in the long run to go that way. I would love to be, and, and I mean, this used to be a thing. This was coming on even when I was in the grocery business, and I've got out of the grocery business in 1980. Uh, self-checkout. Guess what's leading the, uh, one of the biggest things that contributes to shrink for Walmart is self-checkout. And whoever came out with that smoking hot idea, well, very very shortly, there, that, that uh, you know, that, that brain trust, uh, they're probably going to be, out of a job because what they try, this is what self-checkout, this is what self-checkout is. In any retail operation, your biggest expenditure is going to be salary, right? And what you're looking at is you're looking at the salary that you execute on any given day and you want to know what your sales were compared to that salary because then you create this thing called man hours. You're, you're finding out how much you're selling per man hour. And of course, the more you sell per man hour, the better you look. Once you get in that position, in that uh, you know in that particular uh, realm then you start to get into bonuses right you start to get into incentives to have higher and higher man hours so somebody came up with this idea you know we could just have these yahoos just check out their groceries and we don't have to pay anybody to do it and we don't have to give them a discount to do it either because they're going to be so tired of having to wait in line they'll just jump to the line immediately and scan their own groceries so they were counting on our impatience now i only use self-checkout when I have no other choice. And I scan everything. Everything. I make sure they're watching me. I do everything but set my buggy on fire to make sure they're watching me. Because if I roll out of there and they confront me uh, because they think I've done something, they had better have their ducks in a row. I look on the I look I look in the seat where the child goes on the buggy, underneath the buggy. I look five feet around the buggy. I look for everything that I might have brought there, and I make sure I scan it because I'm just not going to play that way. But that's on top of them getting man hours out of that. This is on top of them saving their bottom line. So all these guys that are doing all these things to save their bottom line, guess what? It's, it's coming around, and it's biting them on the butt. So... Right now, the young Americans who are out there, they're, they're pressing to have a permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas. And I so wish we could take those young idiots, put them in a uniform, give them a weapon, and send them over there to Gaza and let them show me how it's done. Show me how it's done. How do you appease a terrorist? How do you appease genocide? How do you do that? Show me how that's done. Bring your ideals and put, them where your, put, put your money where your mouth is, okay? Do that for me. So, and listen, if, if you don't like where you work, resign. Or if you're going to stay there, disagree in private. But if you're going to demonstrate against your duly elected boss, that just means that should the real revolution actually ever come, I know where to start. Coming up next. China did this simulated attack on a U.S. warship the other day. 
We're going to talk to Nan Su from Epic Times. I want to know what the, he thinks that means. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Now, here we go. I need to stream that. Yeah, need to stream that. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Um, let's talk to Nan Sue from Epic Times. Good morning, sir. Hey, good morning, Bill. Thank you for having me on your program today. Yes, sir. So uh, China got out there the other day, and they decided to have a little simulation going on, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, Chinese uh, uh, electronic technology, that's the state-owned technology uh, company, they uh, simulate uh, like AI kind of like a simulation that how they're going to using missiles to attack the U.S. warships. Uh, and they, you know, they they claim they successfully, uh, you know, try, uh, avoid uh, uh, radar detection, which was designed by the Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin, you know, U.S. defense contractor. So they say, well, they can actually uh, kind of like uh, uh, go uh, go around that uh, U.S. Uh, U.S. technology, the radar equipment detection, you know, they can avoid that and then make a successful attack over U.S. warship. Well, I mean, how good is their, how good is their technology? How good is China's technology? I know they've got, see, I've been hearing some things I want to ask you about this. I've been hearing that with some of these missiles that the silo, the silo lids don't work on some of these uh, ground-mounted missiles and they've replaced some of the fuel with water. I've been hearing some of these crazy things like that, and they say, well, it's due to corruption and this, that, the other, which uh, we used to believe the Soviet Union was just like, you know, just made of super soldiers, and their stuff was just abysmal back in, during the Cold War. Yeah, there are reports saying that the China's Iraqi force has uh, some um, some corruptions, you know, uh, uh, so therefore, they you know they may have the uh, the kind of uh, you know firepower that they claim to have. Well, uh, you're never able to verify those things. That's just rumors. So you know you, you, we we can't count on our we can't count on our uh, strategy. You know to defeat the enemy based on all those assumptions. You know based on oh they they're corrupted. They you know. Uh, it's not true, so uh, I I I don't I don't think that's the right way to do it. Well, I mean, what intrigues me is that their their shipbuilding process is so fast and quick, and yet in China, I've also read that they have this big unemployment issue, especially for young people. While they're while they're, I, I think, do they have like two hundred thirty two times the shipbuilding capacity of the United States? That's what I read. Uh, well, uh, China's uh, China is the biggest shipbuilding nation in the world. That's for sure. You yeah. know, back in 2022, uh, more than 50 percent of the global shipbuilding order went to China. Uh, so, 
They are the shipbuilding. No, no. How many times their building capacity is more than uh, United States? Uh, I don't have their number. But however, go back to the uh, the weapons. Uh, we can't just say you know uh, they they you know if they say they have that kind of a capacity, we better to you know it's better to take it seriously instead of thinking oh you know they're corrupted they they may not have the power they have, they they claim to have. That's just not a right way to assess the <laughs> the kind of a threat facing us. So would uh, like. So this Chinese lab has leaked out the information that they've found a way to get around this radar and all this other stuff. Um, is that misinformation? Do they do they practice misinformation to be sort of misleading, or uh, is this would they would, would it really be that transparent of the outcome of what I would consider something to be classified well, they here? Well, how did they have that kind of capacity? Now, uh, there's no way we can go get to the bottom to verify if they truly have or not um so you know uh, the best thing to do i think is to take it seriously well yeah i guess so i guess so although i just i i just find it so odd that they would let that out you know i mean and here's the thing during the uh first uh the first gulf war right that was the first time we ever actually introduced cruise missiles into the com the real combat arena. And they've been through all these tests and everything to, to deal with the electronic countermeasures and the counter countermeasures. But when they actually hit the target the first time, everybody in that control room was doing high fives and hooping and hollering and whistling and jumping up and down because they did not know until that very moment it was going to work. But up to that point, we yeah. didn't know. We didn't even know the outcome of the test. We just know that they fielded it. Right. So I, I just find yeah. that sort of odd. Yeah, we see that those technology things, you know, uh, China is quickly catching up. And, you know, we have a lot of leaking of our technologies and uh, semiconductor chips, although we do have that kind of uh, a ban, on, you know, on the sales of those technologies to Chinese companies. Hey, they went to China left and right through the black market. Uh, the, you, you, you probably, we, we, our program, our U.S. government's program is probably just, you know, uh, to make China pay more prices to get it, but not really, uh, you know, effectively can cut off that kind of leak to China. Now, a lot of, you know, of course, you know, with the technology ban, China's like a China, like a Chinese uh, tech corporation, like a Huawei, they would wouldn't be able to compete with Apple. But, we, but we're not talking about the com com commercial market, right? We're talking about you know uh, the the uh, the military equipment. They don't need a lot. They don't need to have uh, a Huawei to beat to you know to really beat the market of Apple. You know, selling like hundreds of millions of. Uh, uh, iPhones uh, or cell phones in the Huawei phones are more than uh, more than Apple, but they just need to you know build like a, maybe twenty thirty thousand missiles. So that they you know which means they need a lot less than we thought when they when it comes to a war against the United States. Right. Well, 
I, I I look at some of the stuff they're doing. I look at all the stuff they're all, all the little saber rattling and intimidation they're trying to do with the Philippines with their uh, na- uh, with their uh, Coast Guard and everything. And this just sort of seems like an intimidation, a really cheap intimidation tactic too, because all they had to do was leak a, a little bit of info to that. Now, if they actually did it right, is that if they actually have found a way around it, is the fact that they're telling that is that also sort of an intimidation tactic? Yeah, it is an intimidation, but you know, uh, well, well, how we are going to evaluate the, the intimidation? Uh, that's that's a very technical uh, uh, process that needs to be based on a lot of uh, uh, intelligence. Right. So uh, I, I, I'm just hoping, you know, uh, our military and uh, our congressional leaders to take serious about all this. Well, now that's a whole different story now, Non. Getting out there and us wanting to sit back and read those tea leaves, is that's got to be a disappointing read for the both of us. But, uh, yeah, that I, I saw that. So they're going to use a, comp- a combination of hypersonic missiles and electronic warfare to try to jam them. Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we're going to see, unfortunately, in, the, in any event. Nan Su is the senior investigative reporter for the Epic Times with an eye and focus on Chinese politics and government deception. Thank you for taking the time to join me today, sir. Oh, thank you, Bill, for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we get back, um, Rona McDaniel finally said something, which, but she, she is consistent because she said something stupid yet again, so... We'll talk about that when we get back. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Yeah, yes, yes. Now we're cooking. Now we are cooking. See, if we do this at the beginning of the show, I'll just be this human dynamo with that is follically challenged. The GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. We are streaming live on every means known to man except for MySpace and Stick'em. And some others. Now, we know that Donald Trump uh, is going to be the GOP presidential candidate again in 2024. And I'm good. That's fine. There were only two other contenders who had a chance against him, and neither one of those panned out. But that was decided by the voters, right? That was decided by the voters, and that's who should decide these things. Now, I'm being asked on the text line, Bill, did Trump actually threaten to blacklist Nikki Haley's donors? Um, Do you remember who they were? Like Reed Hoffman, right? But now, I mean, there's there's one donor. I just talked about this. This guy was backing Haley, and now he's going to back Trump. That's called unification. So I doubt it. I doubt that he's going to get out there and have a lot of animus toward that. And don't go by what he says. 
Gosh, that's such a shiny thing for some people. Oh, my gosh, he said that. Anyway. I like DeSantis because after his re-election victory that was so massive that it turned Florida from purple to red, he seemed like his real name might be Trump without all the baggage. But then DeSantis launched into a campaign that a lot of people found uninspiring. I mean, uh, Maestro, I'm being asked about a uh, an emergency alert system. Do we have an emergency alert system just happen on something? I mean, I didn't hear it. Okay, well, I don't know what you guys heard. Maybe if they're listening on the stream or something that happened. So they didn't find uh, they didn't find DeSantis to be inspiring. Then when Nikki Haley, whatever minor appeal she might have had, that went out the out the window, bathwater baby, and everything. When she revealed her inner authoritarian back in November. So, barring some outrageous black swan event, which I don't know what that would be right now with Trump. I, I don't know how he, they have time to actually wedge anything else against him now. Um, we hope that Haley comes out of her delusion blender long enough to drop out. And Trump's going to be the nominee. And I'm going to vote for him in November. And that's all there is to say about that because I intend to get the country. I'm going to do what I can. And I'm saying this because I have to say what I'm about to say next. Trump has already come out against this and they have rescinded this, thank God. But uh, here's the thing. Um, the RNC decided that they wanted to declare Trump their presumptive nominee with 40-plus primaries and caucuses still to be held. Now, you might ask, well, didn't you just say Trump's going to be the nominee? Why, 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 you know, you knew this months ago. Why are you going to say this now? Why can't we just go ahead and get to this point? Well, here's the point. Uh, those people, those 40-plus primaries, deserve to be heard. They deserve to be heard. And it's, uh, it will be easier for everybody to support Trump if the process plays out. DeSantis tried, failed, bowed out, and endorsed the front, the front runner. Okay? That was the only guy that had a real chance against Trump. It was never Haley. It was never Haley. No matter what they want to say, and they, they went to Haley because Haley, they didn't go to DeSantis because DeSantis was too much like Trump. The RNC claims they can save all this money by declaring the race over, and that isn't true. Trump doesn't have to spend a dime to wait on Haley to drop out. And the RNC claims they can't just uh, can't take the fight to Biden until Trump is the nominee. Well, I mean, that was never going to be the case before this, right? That was never going to be the case before this. Why are you saying this now? Why have you done everything in, in your possibility Um uh, That you have to do it this way in order to win when that has never been your uh, that's never been your focus, Rona. And in the interim, we can just ignore Haley. We don't have to we don't have to short circuit the system to get out there and just ignore her. That's easy. Next time Travis texts me, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to say uh, some bad words in three or four different languages and send it back to him. Reply with that. See if he takes time to look at that or if it's just a robo-text. 
primary contests put a tremendous strain on the coalition you call the Republican Party, and it has to be that way. Party insiders want to shout out Haley, which that and then that kicks out her supporters as well. Some of them actually have good intentions, which I know the road is held was paved with them. But are we going to say to them, shut up and sit down? That's the thing. Are we going to say that to them? I don't understand why anybody would support Haley. I get it. I just, you know, I, 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 I have trouble taking that in. But when it's coming from the Republican National Committee, remember what Robert Heinlein, how he defined a committee. A committee is a life form with six or more legs and no brain. And that's probably an overly generous assessment of the Republican National Committee under Rona McDaniel. So maybe you should just shut up and sit back and you don't get to take credit for this campaign because this is Trump's campaign and you don't get to take credit for any of the processes because you haven't done nothing yet and you're not going to anyway. But hey, you know what? I'm going to be back on Monday and uh, with the good bumps now that we figured out the bump thing and we're going to we're going to be coming back in and tearing it up because that's what we do. And uh, you guys have a very good weekend and the, you know, the best part about all of this is that you are listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.